Ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Ta-ta-ta. Kiss me, oi, my wish. That's going here at the front of the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 25 of the Tag Podcast. <coughs> You'll forgive us. It's a bit of a late night, been long days, but you know, we love you that much. You know, we're here anyway. We yeah. Could have said, we could have begged off and said, no, no, we'll do it next week. No, we're here for you right now. Yeah. So, fucking give us some money. That's what we want. Right? <laughs> Sponsors. Sponsors. Yeah. Emails. W- web series. You know? Yeah. Get it all Get it all sorted. Maybe even just a date. <laughs> you know, yet sometimes we, we want to eat somewhere fancy too. Yeah. Just because we don't have walking around clothes. Oh. You selfish bastards. You fucking... I'm not even going to say the word I wanted to say, because that's not a very nice word. <laughs> oh, actually, talking of that word, sidetracking for a second. You know I do a quiz. Oh, I wanted to say this when Sam was here as well. I forgot to mention it because you were so busy talking about fucking Zelda. Um, uh, so, you know I do a quiz on Tuesdays. Uh, um, my bar, yeah. And uh, yesterday I did a full quiz on um, fantasy stuff, um, like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, but I threw a couple of Avatar questions in there as well, Yeah. and so the first one I did was, uh, it was in the movies round, and uh, I, I asked, um, the question was something along the lines of, in 2010, what franchise did M. Night Shyamalan bring to live action film, and then I paused and went... And it was a fucking abortion, and everybody laughed, and I was like, these people know Avatar. They know it. (laughs) So then later on, when I had to do the answers, I was like, um, M. Night Shyamalan brought uh, Avatar Last Airbender to uh, live-action film. And then without even thinking, I just went, the fucking cunt, like, really loudly into the microphone. (laughs) I've never said that word, like, in, in that setting before. And everybody fucking clapped and I was like that could have gone like either way like they could have been <laughs> just used the naughty word yeah, but, yeah it went well. well done that's good I'm, I'm glad to hear your uh, clientele uh, yeah. a decent bunch I still have much call though unfortunately I'm not, I'm not that's alright we'll get there uh, oh yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it so I've just I've nearly finished my uh, rewatch through the whole series of Last Airbender I've uh, I've got just the Ember Island players and uh, the finale to go. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about comedians. Our favourite comedians, either stand-up or TV or film or whatever, you know. Okay, so um, let's. I mean, let's start straight away with who is your favourite? Who, if you if you had to pick one, um, you're not allowed to. You know, it has to be a definitive one. Who would it be? Okay, um, if we're talking in terms of stand-up, um, and acting too as well, but in terms of stand-up, uh, I'd say probably Dylan Moran. Oh, okay, I'm going to see him this year. 
So, funnily enough, I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks. Oh, actually, where are you seeing him? Um, I have no idea. It's not somewhere too far away from here. Yeah. I was say, it'll be the same tour that I'm seeing him on now. Yes, yeah. Um, he's in Birmingham. I think it's at the start of April. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'll be going to that tour yeah. as well. So. Uh, I, I actually found out that uh, one of my one of my cousins knows him quite well. Oh, okay. Which is, which is nice. yeah. I might have an in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he seems yeah. like the kind of guy that you could get along with as well. Like, yeah, yeah. As long as, yeah. As, long as, as long as there's some drink around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no. Okay, so yeah, Dylan Moran. I mean, look, I like Dylan Moran. Um, I, Black Books, obviously. Um, but I think I like Black Books more for Bill Bailey. Um, and I have seen Bill Bailey live once. And it was, he is very good. He is very good. But I'd say my favourite comedian ever has got to be Tim Minchin. Oh, that's a good choice. And I have seen choice. I have seen Tim Minchin twice live. Um, the first time I saw him was in Northampton, and it was not a massive tour. Like, I think it was his second national tour. And then the second time I saw him live, he was now a superstar, and it was when he was doing his Orchestra UK tour. So I saw him in the massive NIA sort of like arena uh, building um, with him and his orchestra, and I was like pretty much right at the back, and it was still amazing. It was so fun, but I just Fantastic. yeah, I could I could talk at great length about my love for Tim Minchin. I remember in uh, in first year we had um, a module. And it was uh, voice, body, and text. And one of the things we had to do was we had to perform a poem. So I performed Tim Minchin's Storm. Um, and it was quite funny. I, I felt it was quite funny, but the lecturer didn't really get it. And I was like, that's because you're one of the people the poem's about, you turn. <laughs> nice. But, yeah. But, yeah, so... So who, which comedians have you seen live? Who, who have you I haven't seen very many live comedians. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't go to a huge amount. Mm. Um, there's a couple of comedy performances I've seen live. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, I saw the uh, Armstrong and Miller live show. Oh, that's Which, was, which was very very funny. Mm. Um, uh, my favourite part of which was. Um, uh, you you know the 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 sketch they do in the show with the uh, the historian who always ends up ruining. Yeah, 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 like that one. Yeah. My favourite part um, was uh, he he came on stage, and they they switched it around the stage around. So there was a load of uh, a load of paintings hanging around on uh, mm-hmm. on fake walls behind him. But in the middle there was a uh, a fake a sort of fake statue of David or some sort of nude nude marble. Uh, Marble statue, of yeah. a bloke, but you could tell deliberately on stage that uh, the the penis had a big sort of crack outline. <laughs> right. Okay. So he's walking towards it, and you think you you know what's going to happen. He's 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 going to knock the penis off. Yeah. And eventually, whatever I can't remember what the what the setup was, but he he knocks into it. Yeah. And instead of the penis falling off, the whole of the rest of it falls away. And <laughs> just leaves the penis on a strand of marble column <laughs> on its own. Nice. Which uh, I thought was a wonderful misdirection. Yeah. I saw, uh, you mentioned that, I saw um, Mitchell and Webb live. 
but oh, really? it was it was during uh, it was probably only after the second series of their show, so it was a while ago when I saw it. I was quite young yeah. when I saw it, so I don't have a, a, a massive recollection of it. I just do remember all the way through. I've been saying to myself, I really hope they do Sergio Chicken Caesar, and that, <laughs> they left it until the very, 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 very end. But then they did like a really long so Digby Chicken Caesar skit. Oh, I was like, that. that's cool, that's fine, that's fine by me. <laughs> uh, the only other one I've seen recently um, isn't very well known, but he's in a few things. Um, is a bloke called Tim Key. I know and, of Tim Key. Yeah, he's he's a poet, um, yeah. so more than a comedian, but he's uh, he's been in a couple of things. I mentioned his show Cowards on our BBC cast. Yes, I do um, remember. Yeah, he was in that and. Yeah. Um, yes, no, he did a, uh, he, he does, uh, what he calls his, um, his slut shows. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw the performance called Single White Slut. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does, he does, I think every year for the last two or three years, he's done an Edinburgh show, which he mm-hmm. then tours around. Yeah. Um, and it was good, very good, very funny, uh, great value for money. Um, and I'm very pleased to find out that he's, uh, He's got a new radio series on uh, BBC Radio 4. Yeah. Um, just Tim Key's late night poetry or some yeah. such thing. Oh, so look out for that, kids. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the comedians I've seen. I know I've seen loads. But that's the thing. Because I've seen so many I, in my head, they're all a blur. I've seen Ross Noble. The good thing about Ross Noble is, I mean, like, no, no Ross Noble gig is the same as the one before. Yeah. So like he even brought out um, a DVD and it was something called like a uh, Midnight Cowboy or something like that. Um, and uh, Midnight Space Cowboy or something like that. And <laughs> the idea is like he's filmed the same show five times. So this, like he's filmed a show of his like each. Uh, different location um, yeah. uh, in, within the same tour and it shows you how different the shows actually are and so you can see where mm. he's got the sort of scripted material that he's written and, and those are his setups for, for like sort of he's going into for his improv but all of his stuff is improvised everything I really, I really respect that when um, comedians sort of uh, yeah keep it fresh i mean there's uh, one of my um unfortunately i've not seen very much of her stuff um but uh there's a woman uh, an american comedian called Kristen Schaal. oh i know Kristen Schaal. yeah does the voice of mabel yeah and i had an interview with her recently um that says she she hates 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 doing the same joke twice in her stand-up because she says she always has in her in her mind this uh, these couple of imaginary people who's either a lighting guy or um, or someone who 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 tours around looking at comedy shows yeah. who's seen the show the night before or the night before that and just she just can't get the uh, the image out of her head of that person just sitting there crossing their arms saying nope heard that one already yeah um, so every every whenever she possibly can. Yeah, she'll, she'll always uh, try and do new jokes and different jokes every show, which is in- insane. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, in this interview that you know you can't do that entirely. There are some jokes you 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 have to go back to. And, yeah, no, you, know, yeah. you can't. You if you're doing a, a tour, you know, where you're performing every night, mm. you can't do a whole new set of jokes every single night. Um, that that that's why um, <clears throat> that's why improv's so good. Mm. That's where audience participation comes into it. Like the amount of times, 
uh, seeing Ross Noble, he he'll just like he'll just start speaking to audience members as a way into finding something funny. You know, he did he did a good half hour bit on Ebola um, when I saw him, and it was only in November that I saw him. So it's during the sort of like big sort of like oh Ebola's going to kill everyone and and now nobody can even spell Ebola. But, um, so you I, know, I do think they could even when it was going to kill everyone. Well, you know, yeah, this is true. But um, but then he wouldn't have done that in another venue because he wouldn't have he wouldn't necessarily have had the had the lead into Ebola no, um, no. to to have the you know to have the banter that he did. But he's just so funny the way he can. You can just improvise like that, and I think that's the mark of a true comedian, someone who can think on their feet as fast as that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, if you can write jokes and everything like that, I, I'm not I'm not saying you're not funny. I'm just saying that, really, when you when you think of, of the amount of effort that can go into improv, mm. you know, it, it, it's it's a skill. Well, of course, not, not everyone can do improv. Oh, no, no. Effectively, and, you know, it's it's understandable. I, I, well, I do remember when I... Um, do Izzy Sussy um, yeah. did a uh, did a performance at the SU at Northampton yeah. while we were at uni there, and uh, I thought, oh, that's great. Um, I really enjoyed her. I'd love her on the Peep Show and that sort of yeah. thing. Um, so I looked online to see, you know, if much of her stuff was online. There yeah. wasn't very much, but what there was, all of it was exactly the jokes we'd just seen in the SU. Oh, really? So, um, yeah. which which was a shame, you know, because you think, oh, that person's great. I want to go and see more. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and 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 that it's all the same. Um, I mean, that that's somewhat of a problem with Tim Minchin as well, in that um, because most of the comedy he delivers is through his songs, there isn't a hell of a, hell of a lot that's surprising if you've already heard yeah. the songs. But I mean, the songs are so well written; it's not just that they're funny; they're good songs as well. So yes, no, you want to hear them again anyway. Um, but no, so I've seen I've seen Ross Noble, I've seen Tim Minchin. Who else was I seeing? Is there any? Simbill Bailey. Uh, I mean, I've been to a couple of um, sort of like uh, comedy nights before. Um, Birmingham's got quite a decent comedy scene. Um, they've got the Glee Club, which actually just successfully sued Glee, the US franchise TV series, for for defamation, um, and they they won. And I was like, fair enough, you know, fair play. But um, no, there's a, there's a few comedians I would still like to see, but. Like I said, I've seen a fair few, and I can't remember any of them. Um, uh, well, I'm very sad that I never. I, I when I was in New York, went to a comedy club there. Yeah. Um, and I'm very annoyed I didn't save the flyer from it because uh, yeah. there there might be well be have been someone there who's you know rich and famous now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I you know I can't remember. I do remember it being a good night. Mm. Um, but I can't remember anything in particular about the sets or or the people up there. But no, mm. it was it was good. So. Um, I do. I I am annoyed with myself for uh, for having lived in Northampton for four years and wasting the opportunity of all the comedians who who you know tour and do the Royal and Dunn yeah, yeah. on their on their round. All the ones that I missed there. Um, and now I'm back in uh, back up north where no oh. one, no one's ever anywhere. John Cleese. I saw John Cleese live. Oh. That that was another one I saw. That was on his most recent tour. And it was more. It well, it wasn't so much comedy. It was more of a look back of his life with humour sort of placed yeah. in it. You know, that was good. That was really entertaining. Mm. The only problem is, like, you could really tell that he's starting to get on now. Yeah. So he, you well, know, his, trouble, his energy he, wasn't. He the trouble is that he's still paying off his uh, his yeah. wife. Yeah. 
Um, uh, well, that's that's what he called it. He called it the alimony tour, and, yeah. and literally said as he came on stage, "I'm here because my wife's a bitch, and I've I've got to pay her this amount of money." Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Well, at least he's you know, at least he's telling it as it is." Mm. Um, well, I wonder but, was that before or after? I I remember hearing an interview with him where he sort of it was partly with um, part of the Monty Python reunion. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, night they did um where he's finally sort of come to terms with the with the the idea that it's okay that comedy's okay you know because he 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 always famously had was of the opinion that um comedy wasn't important wasn't serious yeah um that what he what he was doing whatever he was doing wasn't wasn't important or serious enough Mm. it's only recently that he's had the revelation that no comedy is important and can be serious. No, yeah. In fact, some, in fact, yeah. some comedy can reveal the seriousness of a situation. Yeah. Well, it's like um, you saying that in in direct relation to John Cleese. I remember reading the um, the eulogy that he delivered at um, uh, Graham Chapman's wedding. Oh, uh, not yeah, wedding. Not uh, wedding. Funeral. Not wedding. Funeral. <laughs> Very different um, scenarios. Yeah. The eulogy at Graham Chapman's funeral, and uh, and he said he he wanted to be the first person to say fuck at a funeral, and and that right there is reason as to why John Cleese is good at what he does, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, but no, I do you know I do like John Cleese. Um, and like I say, it was, it was a good show. So, but yeah, like I said, I've seen so better, but <clears throat> a few a fair few of them are going to be sort of like smaller, lesser known comedians as well. Um, but is there are there any uh, are there any comedians you really don't like? Like really Ooh, just get you. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Carr grinds my gears. Really, and, oh Jimmy Carr. And, uh, and um, oh, Michael McIntyre. Oh, you've Those just two. taken mine. <laughs> um, Jimmy Carr. Uh, partly, because uh, in my head that I did that laugh just there. Yeah. I cannot stand Jimmy Carr's laugh. <laughs> oh, he's so funny! He's so funny! It's like no, he's always fucking laughing at his own jokes, and he's not, <laughs> you know, I hate his laugh when he's laughing at other people's jokes. I, you, and you can tell that it's, it was originally put on. It was originally somewhat affected. Yeah. But it's grown to become his normal real laugh, and that really yeah. annoys me. <laughs> no, laugh fucking normally, you weirdo. <laughs> and stop avoiding tax or whatever the big scandal he was in was about. Yeah. Um, not that I care about that. I mean, you know, I love it when it, it, it always seems such a shock when people find out that, oh, this son was trying to uh, uh, avoid paying the maximum amount of tax or trying to avoid paying any tax. Well, of course they were. But yeah, you know, just it, because it, they're, it's just not because even they're famous doesn't mean they're rolling in money. It's mean not they even that. They, they found a legal loophole to allow them to pay not the maximum amount. Mm. It's not even as though it was illegal. It was just no. a legal loophole. And everyone's like, oh, well, you can't do that. And he's kind of like, well, wouldn't you? Mm. Like, if, if you were, no, I, if I, you I, had I, to pay I, this much. I'm but, very much on his side on that one, but you know, mm. it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that, uh, no, not, not for me, I'm afraid. Well, I can't fucking stand Michael McIntyre. Oh, the reason I can't stand Michael McIntyre is because he's telling jokes as if he's a normal person. And he's quite clearly not a normal person because he talks like this, doesn't he? And he's very quiet. What doesn't he? And I'm I'm watching him and I'm thinking you're a total twat. 
Actually, what you said about yeah. Jimmy Carr laughing at his own jokes, Michael McIntyre laughing oh, he, at his own jokes. He's the it's, worst offender for that. He, he's like, he's telling these jokes, like, <clears throat> Lee Evans will tell a joke about, like, all oh, my wife sort of thing. Mm. And I'm listening to Lee Evans t- telling this joke, and I'm like, yeah, your wife, you know, fucking women. What <laughs> what are they like, eh? You know, I'm hearing John Bishop talk about, um, talk about the government trying to shaft him. And I'm like, yeah, the bloody government are trying to shaft everyone. And then I'm, t- I'm, I'm listening to Michael McIntyre talk about his kids. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck, Michael. Right. <laughs> don't care. I don't, <laughs> don't give a fuck. Uh. Like, one thing that's just jumped into my head is when, um, a line that, um, Ross Noble said when I, at the gig that I saw him at, and he, he was talking about, um, he said about, um, other people's kids. And, and he was saying how, like, you, you, you talk to, to moms and dads, and he was like, and, and they're saying, like, oh, my boy this, my boy that. And Ross Noble was like, I fucking hate him. I don't even like his face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to say then to Michael Mac. That's uh, what I want to say to Michael McIntyre. I don't even like your boy's face. Uh, oh, it reminded me of um, one, uh, I, I didn't actually see this. I don't know if the tour's out on DVD, but one of um, Dylan Moran's more recent tours mm. He uh, is a bit where he talks about talking to his kids, and uh, his kids, obviously, you know, because he's their dad, say, oh, you know, you're you're not funny, dad. You're not funny. Yeah. Why can't you be? Why can't you be like Michael McIntyre? <laughs> <laughs> at his at his rage at that, and uh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Daddy's funny. <laughs> that's the thing. Like Dylan Moran's funny for being angry. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's why I like he's, Dylan he's sort of bitter and cynical and yeah. jaded, and it's it's just wonderful to sort of yeah. indulge in that, really. Mm. But yeah, I, I do not like Michael McIntyre. I've, I've very much had it up to here, and you can't see where my arm is, so you're just going to have to guess how far I'm stretching. <laughs> at <clears> least, <throat> at least he, he, you know. You, these days, you only see him on the odd panel show and fucking yeah. repeats of repeats of Michael McIntyre's comedy roadshow stupid thing on. But that fucks me off because that used to be live at the Apollo with Jack D, and Jack D's funny. Mm. <sighs> fucking uh, BBC. Well, uh. you know, he was he was the flash in the pan. He was the hot ticket for a year or two. Yeah, but that's only because Frankie Boyle withered away. Like, let's be fair, they only got Michael McIntyre from Mock the Week. And that... Fra- Frankie Boyle didn't wither away. Frankie Boyle just kept saying the same things again and again, and people had already <laughs> heard it. Frankie Boyle reminds me of Tom Green, who we've just discussed. <laughs> yeah, it, it, pretty much that, but it's all about how evil and terrible the Conservatives are. Yeah. But yeah, no, um... So let's let's move on from from sort of just stand up a bit then. <clears throat> well, um, I do want to ask you because oh, I've got a couple of couple of um, stand ups who I really enjoy some of their stuff, but I've never seen any of their stand up at all. Do you have any comedians like that? Uh, how do you mean? Who, who, who are very who are very who are very famous for their stand up? But you, I'll give you a couple of examples. Are um, uh. Well, there's actually three, and they're all in the sort of same uh, American comedy circle group. There's uh-huh. one, uh, Chris Hard, and the reason I like them all is because they all have podcasts. Like oh, right, okay. okay. Uh, you've got Chris Hardwick, who yeah. interviews 
pretty much everyone in Hollywood. Um, Janet Varney, who does the voice of Cora. Yeah. And I didn't know she did stand up. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's big on the stand-up. She's um, she's part of a uh, some stand-up sh- uh, you know, show in the US. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, Aisha Tyler, who uh, voices Lana on Archer. Oh right, okay. And uh, and was briefly in Friends as well. Yeah. And she she's fantastic. She does uh, she, her podcast is is well worth a listen to. Yeah. And those are three who I've seen nothing of their stand up. Yeah. Next to nothing of any of their stand up, but I really enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. And their uh, I do have one mm. that comes to mind immediately, and I have seen a little bit of his stand up, but not not a huge lot and that's only in sort of like uh, like the royal variety and things like that but as an actor I really love him and that's Eddie yeah. Izzard uh, uh, he's a yeah. very smart man um, <clears throat> I've seen a couple of the documentaries he did on charity you know he did that big uh, marathon thing that he did uh, something like 26 marathons or something like that and, um, and acting wise I really do think he's good uh, I, I loved him in uh, Sky One's Treasure Treasure Island. He was Long John Silver in that. I really liked that, and so I, I do kind of wish I'd seen more of more of him, really. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one that comes to mind at the moment. I'll probably have to think of think a little bit more on on others. Um, I mean, there's so many American comics that I could probably probably think of. Um, Richard Pryor, and that's like. There's only like three filmed comedy um, stand-up routines that he did. Even though obviously he was huge on the comedy circuit for for years before he went into acting. So Richard Pryor, I'd say, I, I, I kind of wish I'd seen more of him. Obviously, yeah. I can't now because of the whole being dead thing. So, um, but yeah, no, I do. I've got I've got a lot of love for Richard Pryor. So, but yeah, go with that. Um, I mean. I, I, I was going to wait until the end, but I'll ask you now, and then maybe you can think about it. Is there anyone that you you would recommend as, as a stand-up to me? And say, or, or not necessarily me, just anyone. If you could, if you could recommend a stand-up to, to to anyone, and just say, go watch this person. They are hilarious. Who who would you go with? Uh, but like, like I said, you don't have to answer that now. Have a think of that. Yeah, yeah. While we're talking, then so, but let, let's move off of uh, off of stand up just for a little bit, and let's let's talk about just sort of like comedy and, and, and comedy um, sort of actors and things like that. Like for me, growing up, um, Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson in The Young Ones and Bottom and Filthy Rich and Cat Flap, and then uh, they did a couple of extra things, just you know, sort of like appearing in um, Black Adam and things like that. You know, um, they were my sort of heroes. When I was growing up, and they never really got into the whole stand-up thing, but they did do a lot of comedy. They were, you couldn't you couldn't say they weren't comedians, you know? They were, they, they were just they were just more actors rather than stand-up. Um, is, is there anyone that, like that that sticks out to you, especially like I say from your childhood, maybe? There wasn't. I will say actually, there was a long, long time um, where I was quite obsessed with the Harry Enfield and Chums. I loved Harry and Phil. I, I loved that, time. and I, I would watch it whenever it was on on a yeah. repeat or something. And for some, I don't know how many episodes they made. It can't have been many. Yeah. Because it always seemed that I'd seen whatever episode it was. Yeah, before. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would 
always always hunt those down on the on the UK TV gold yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff because I love that. Um, Big I could even tell him my favourite sketch still, and it was um, it was Lee and Lance who were like the, they were fishmongers, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, Lee was Harry Enfield and Lance was um, was uh, Paul Whitehouse, and Paul Whitehouse was trying to sing, and he was he was um, tone deaf, so Harry Enfield was trying to teach him how to sing, and then in the end the big joke was that he's still tone deaf, and then he goes. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only tone deaf in English. I can sing in Italian, and then just comes out with this sort of big Italian sort of song. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious! Like, I pissed myself laughing the first time I saw that. So funny. Uh, I always loved. Um, oh, my very favourite from the Harry Enfield show. I was going to say the uh, the the piss take they did on of Terminator. <laughs> yeah, where he comes to the big po- yeah. the big posh country house. But thinking back, no, it wasn't. It's was the um, I can't remember what the name of the sketch was, but uh, with um, it was Harry Enfield and oh, what's the uh, the woman's name in it? Um, Kathy Burke. Kathy Burke. Yeah. Um, them as as children or toddlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. the giant set. Yeah. Oh, the, the, I like those. those yeah. Crack me up so much. There's one and more. All of them really. Wayne and Wayne Esso, I loved. Yeah. There's one more that stuck out in my head, and I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, it was it wasn't in Harry and Field of Chums. It was in um, it was in Harry and Paul, mm. and it was in the first series. <laughs> it was Nelson Mandela sings um, Blur, and so you know the song. Yeah, well, it was Nelson Mandela, and instead of saying woohoo, he was going ah choo. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed so much. It's just like it was Nelson Mandela looking, you know, Harry Enfield looking like Nelson Mandela singing, um, singing song to by Blur. Like, you know, that's that that that's that's got me there. I, so. Oh, there was um, from Harry and Paul. There was the Parking Patoeo songs. Oh, and it was just a case Patoio. of is this a comment on society or is it just <laughs> racist? Because it sounds yeah. pretty much just racist. Oh, that's another. I've just thought because I'm going to tell you how I got to this. Because mm. Parking Patawayo is played by um, someone in Psychoville. I don't know whether you've watched Psychoville before. I have, but I've read it. Right. Really much of yeah. It. He was. Um, he was. He was the only black one in it. Um, that's the best way to die. But um, he was in that, and I saw uh, the League of Gentlemen live. Um, I saw them do a pantomime, but like obviously a League of Gentlemen version of a pantomime with all the League of Gentlemen characters, and that was funny. And that actually goes on to one of my favourite things in comedy history ever. The most I've ever laughed at a TV series is probably, possibly Psychoville. I can, I can think of two instances actually. There's there's um, there's one from Psychoville, and there's there's another one which I believe I got you to watch last week, where it was Liam Neeson. Doing stand-up comedy oh, yeah. with Ricky Gervais um, in in Life's Too Short, but there there was this one scene in a uh, in Psychoville where um, Steve Pemberton's character David, who's who's got these sort of like bit special, um, is working at a murder mystery and, and decides that he's going to take matters into his own hands and orchestrates it so that the story changes to his liking. So <laughs> as the sort of like 
all these nice people come in sort of expecting this lovely murder mystery. He set up this horrific sort of scene in a kitchen and then taken over the scene. <laughs> and he's like, yes, there's been a murder. <laughs> and look, look to the wall. And then on the wall in sort of like very questionable brown marking um, is, is the word fuck pig. <laughs> so he's, he's going, look, there is the chef all dead. And look, the murderer has written fuck pig in his own excrement. And I don't know what it was about that scene. But tears were rolling down my face, and it—I mean, it was completely his performance. It was completely how, sort of like, you know, like completely in the moment he was. But I was just straight away. I was like, you know what? That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But I do, I like, I, like, I do like the League of Gentlemen. I kind of wish they'd, they'd get say, together uh, and do more. The but League I know of Gentlemen. I—I I do enjoy the League of Gentlemen, but um, for me, uh, nothing is that, any episode I watch. Yeah, it's never as funny as the first episode of season one. Yeah, oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just, it's just the epitome of brilliantness. Um, yeah, for everything from the uh, from from reading the letter on the train <laughs> yeah. to at the end, we didn't burn him. <laughs> we didn't burn him. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, like I've got, I've got, I'll always have a special place in my heart for the League of Gentlemen. Like I say, I wish. I wish they'd do more stuff, but obviously I know they probably won't because Mark Gatiss is so busy doing Sherlock and and they're so busy doing other things as well. So Sherlock quite... and disappointing parts in Game of Thrones. Yeah, very, very disappointing. Very nice. He might be back. You never know. We might have well, he might if, the, if, they, if they link his character to another character in the books, which they probably yeah. will. Oh, actually, just going going off topic for a minute. Have you have you seen the most recent interview with uh, George R. R. Martin? Uh, no, no. He's basically confirmed that the show is going to start diverging from the books now. Um, okay. And well, so the show the, pretty much has caught up to the book. Uh, yeah. There are some parts where it's completely caught up. Yeah. To the books. Um, so apparently they are going to be killing characters that mm. aren't necessarily dead in the books. Mm. And I read that and I was like, oh god, there's nobody safe now. <laughs> there is nobody safe. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, back to, back to comedy. So I went to see, um, a play the other day. I went to see a play called The Play That Goes Wrong in London. And I don't think I have ever laughed as much in my life. As I did in that in that play, and I really went in there wanting to dislike it. it. Like I find I have this big problem when people recommend things to me, I I just put it off because I think you know what you built up my expectations to a point where I don't want them to be met now. Yeah. Um, I think that's just my brain basically saying fuck you to me and whoever recommends it. For example, Avatar. How long did I put off watching Avatar? Um, just because you know, first recommended like, mm-hmm. when, when we when we sort of first became friends, which was yeah, good three years ago. Good, now. Yeah, three three years. Um, in fact, it's longer than that. It's nearly four years, I'd say. Well, it wasn't. It was three yeah. years ago that I I first recommended yeah. it to you. When we first became so fast birds. Yeah, but I yeah I, I just um I I put these things off, and it was Joe Malloy who you'll remember from uni. Um, he stopped at our place for a couple of days before he went to get a flight from Birmingham Airport, and he said, uh, "And I said I was I was looking to take Sophie to a play, 
um, for her birthday. And he says, well, go see this one. He said, I saw it at the Edinburgh Fringe, and then I've seen it twice after, and I've seen it in, in the, the theatre it's in now, and he says it's the best play I've ever seen. And you can't just say that to me, mate. Like, you can't just say, <laughs> you know, that it's the best thing I've ever seen. And for me to go, oh, right, I'm going to go see it. That's not how my brain works. My brain goes, oh, well, if it's the best you've ever seen, I don't bother them. It's all right, because I've already seen the best I want to see. Um, Telling you, man, it's going to rock your world. Yeah. And so I went and saw this play, and it was just hilarious. And I was even more worried, because when I got there, I learned that two of the cast were understudies. I was like, oh, God. All right, okay. And now, like, I've seen this play with these understudies, especially the one character. I certainly couldn't see the other guy playing him now. Like, the understudy really was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant play. Um, and it, it's, it's all sort of like... The reason I wanted to bring it up is because uh, we did a play very similar uh, called Chewing the Scenery, remember? Oh, really? And very, very similar... In the sense that um, it's first introduced in, in uh, the, the, the quote director comes out and he's like, hello, my name's blah, blah, and I'm the director of uh, this theatre, this imaginary theatre company. Um, and he does a couple of jokes about plays they've done before um, and saying how because they've got such a small cast and crew that they haven't really been able to do anything particularly good. He says last year, like, the one joke he said was, last year's musical um, Cat was uh, was a particular particular highlight, um, and he goes on. He says a few jokes like that, um, and then he introduces his play, and it's a, a murder at Habersham, which is like this made up sort of um, piss take of a period who done it yeah, sort of Agatha Christie style, yeah. yeah, big country house, all set in the house. Inspector comes in and locks everyone in and says, right, it's one of us that's done it, um, but. So the the story itself is dead serious, um, and they're trying to present this play um, as serious as they can when everything that can possibly go wrong for actors goes wrong. Um, so there's one bit where, uh, like the, the the first scene, the first scene, um, the lights guy, and and then the lighting guy is also one of the actors, like the guy that's yeah. supposed to be controlling the tech. He's not really, but you like the. They've made him look as though he is off stage on like in view still. Um, he's one of the actors. Brings down the lights. The first actor comes on. The first actor's supposed to be dead. And as he comes on, the lights go up and he's still walking to his mark and things like that. And he freezes and pauses. And then, so this, this guy's supposed to be dead. And then about five minutes into the scene when his body's taken off stage, he bursts on stage and goes, not so fast, Inspector. Realises he's jumped ahead of the play and then shits himself. And he's like, oh, uh. And then straight away, you know, okay, so, you know, the guy's alive and everything. Like, yeah. I'm really not doing it justice here. Like, this is so funny. No, I, it does sound good. I, I, I may well um, book a ticket to go but, and see that. Um, you know how, like, when we did Tune the Scenery, um, mm. the, the second half was the performance. Yeah. And, and we showed everything backstage, but then there were, like, there were hints. There was, like, voiceovers as yeah. to what was going wrong on stage. Imagine seeing what went wrong on stage. That's that's everything that went wrong. Like everything to do with this play. Um, like for when, for example, when uh, Romeo's Mexican brother Romeo went on stage, <laughs> things like that. That's how stupid it gets. And oh, okay, all the I, way I'm through. definitely gonna go and see this now. Then. I mean, sh- like as soon as I walked out, I went up to the to the um 
the stall and I bought the script. So, um, like, just so funny. Um, go see it. I, I've already told Elliot as well to go see it. So, um, I've told Elliot as well when he's going down, let me know when he is. And if, if I can make it, I'll be going down to see it with him again. So, if, if you're going down before him, let me know. I'll no, try I'll be going down. Well, we could talk after the podcast, you know. Yeah, no, do, yeah. We don't, we don't want any of these fans of ours, you know, figuring out who we are or where we live or what well, our blood types are. We don't want them knowing we're black either, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry to go off topic to go a bit uh, news newsy. Um, again, you you see the news about uh, the the British football fans in uh, in Paris? No. There's a. Uh, uh, there was a group of Chelsea football fans in Paris who. Oh uh, no, I did see this. Yeah, who, yeah. Um, who they harassed stopped. a black guy yeah, quite yeah. randomly. Um, would you know? Were pushing him back. D- didn't you know assault him or anything? But pushed yeah, him no, back. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, let yeah. him get on a train. Yeah. Um, they were chanting racist songs at him. I, I was utterly baffled by this because you know. Yeah. I, all right. Obviously, racism still exists, but you know, you, you think these days. British people have better people to hate than black people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, they're Chelsea fans. Maybe they weren't picking on him because he was black. Maybe it they were in Paris. They were picking on him because he was French. Just sure. putting it out well, there. well, they were singing, they were singing, the, the, well, I saw the news, they were actively singing a chant uh, about, about oh, uh, oh, uh, we're racist and we love it or some some nonsense. Well, you know, there are football fans and football fans, I think. I don't know. I don't really know the sports. I'm wearing a Bane t-shirt. Anyway, back to, back to, uh, back to comedy. So have you seen any, um, comedic plays, comedy sort of like, you know, that, that really stood out for you? I'm trying to think what the last play I saw was. I've seen something uh, recently. I saw Dracula with you. That was a comedy. <laughs> I think it was, was a comedy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was towards the end. Uh, well, it got a bit, uh, a bit over shouty. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the terrible thing. I've not seen uh, anything really recently. I'm afraid the the last thing I saw was, uh, as I say, this Tim Key bloke. Um, yeah. Who does who does his poems? Um, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll see the play that goes wrong, and you'll be able yes, to talk yes. about it at great length. Um, I I think I probably could, but I don't want to ruin anything. So, <laughs> yeah, but well, you you've you've definitely uh, inspired me to go and see that now. Yeah. So, recommendations, and have you, have you thought of someone that maybe like you'd recommend to someone possibly me if I if I haven't. Uh, the trouble is, I've already mentioned one person who you already know. Um, yeah. But uh, I would recommend to anyone who uh, who isn't who who doesn't really know American comedians very much, but is open to you know open open to you know watching American comedians because some yeah. people some people are, are, are in this country are very British about their things. So, oh, yeah. American. My my mum, for example, just can't stand American voices. <laughs> TV, you know, she she never she she can never sit down and watch The Simpsons with us because she can't stand yeah. the voices. See, my grandma says that she can't understand American voices, and I was like, 
You're the one that always used to go to America, that took us to America, that showed us Disney films. Now you're telling me you can't understand the American accent. She's like, yeah, I just can't watch films, can't understand what they're saying. Like, I don't think that's anything to do with her accents. I think that's you. But yeah, Go on, anyway. Hit, the one so, I would recommend is... Uh, I haven't seen a huge amount of this stuff, but uh, Kristen Schaal. Yeah. Um, who does the voice of Mabel. I'd say anyone who, who wants to give a, a, a look, um, just search for uh, Kristen Schaal, uh the Taint monologues. Mm-hmm. She does a, a, a vagina monologues um, style uh, speech about her taint and discovering <laughs> her taint and learning to love her taint <laughs> and uh, and how she got past her mother's um, abuse and uh, and uh, who told her that you know she had to put her taint away. <laughs> her taint was a shameful thing. How she learned to uh, she learned to embrace it. <laughs> okay, I haven't actually seen that. So. I would say yeah, that's yeah. one of the few things of hers that's on YouTube. Um, yeah, I would say go and give that a watch. Fair enough. I will all have a look at that. Yeah. See, I've got a few that I'd recommend, but I don't necessarily know who I'd recommend them to. Mm. Um, there's a guy called Jim Jeffries who's possibly one of the most offensive comedians um, out there. I've uh, heard of him. He 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 shot to fame when he was so offensive on a fairly low sort of underground comedy scene um, in a comedy club, he was he was so offensive that someone got up on stage and punched him in the face. Um, and fortunately for him, it was filmed and went viral on YouTube. And so, uh, and he shows this clip in a lot of his stand-up, but now he, he's quite well known. He's quite well known in America as well, um, and he's just he's just well known for being offensive, but not, not like Frankie Boyle offensive, where it's just I'm going to pick on disabled kids. Like he just he he'll just fire off insults at everybody, um, but but in an Australian accent, so it's funny. Um, so there's Jim Jeffries. There's also um, the boy with tape on his face, who I don't know whether you know him or not. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, so the boy with tape on his face is more of a performance than a comedy skit because the whole point is he's got tape on his face for the entire performance, so he can't talk. So all of his stuff is like mime and involves props and audience participation, and it's quite, it's like quite mesmerising to watch how he can do this and and still be funny, even though he's not actually saying a single word. Um, but again, the, 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 there's a certain type of people that would like that. I mean, like you probably like that, but it, it's not for everyone. Yeah. So I'd say number one will probably be um, he's a Latino comedian called Gabriel Iglesias, and he's uh, he's American. No, sorry, he's Mexican, um, but lives in America, and uh, <clears throat> he is on Netflix. He's got like three shows on Netflix now. I just happened to catch the one, it's called uh, I'm Not Fat, I'm Fluffy. And the, the reason I saw it is because I had someone tell me that he's really good at doing like um, sound effects. And he's just so funny, like he's got this laugh that's just so infectious. Big, fat Mexican, like really funny. Um, so me and Sophie love him. But I'd, I'd love for him to come to like the UK or something because I would just buy tickets for him, he's hilarious. But, I will say, one person who I really enjoy on Mock the Week... Um, yeah. Just to go back to to boring British comics is um, Milton Jones. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, always really enjoy him. He's so dry. Like, he's so dry, so brilliantly dry, and because I, I, I'm a big fan of puns, he does some fantastic yeah. puns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I've I only think, seen. I I've... think he did one. You were saying, uh, ah, uh, what was it? I think he said, my father died recently. He was a roofer. So, father, if you're up there, and looks up, and then yeah, there, there, there's a joke. <laughs> Um, I think that was one of the ones that he did. Uh, I think yeah. I think that sounds like his. Because he, he he just fires them off, doesn't he? He just yeah, fires like one. He, he does, and then uh, you'll <laughs> you'll. I I love how he'll cut off a sentence, and you realise that he's already finished telling the joke, and he yeah. is a step behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's very good, and another who isn't very well. Well, he's he's done a bit on the British circuit. Um, but uh, Andrew Lawrence. I really enjoy Andrew um, Lawrence. I recognise that name. Yeah, he's I. He does a fair bit of music as well, and I always, um, I always, in my mind, he's always quite similar to, to Tim Mitchin. But the trouble is, he's very hard to understand. He's got quite a he's got quite an odd voice. He was Andrew in um, the TV show Ideal, wasn't he? Yes, yes, I believe. Uh, yeah, John Vegas. Yeah, I do yeah. recognise him. I do know him. I have seen him. Um, I've seen him do a couple of things. Yeah, he has one one yeah. song of his I love, which is uh, uh, about his mother and uh, how she encouraged him to do art, even though he was shit at it. Yeah. And then turned round um, and said uh, that uh, she always knew she was shit at art. Yeah. <laughs> she encouraged him because she hated him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was uh, he, mm. he's he's a great one. Fair those. I think we've, we've we've covered the comedians in our lives. Then I think uh, yeah. Until, until you've seen the play, uh, the play that goes wrong at least. I hope you yeah, hope so. Um, we'll definitely have another episode on uh, on plays themselves. Yeah, no, we, we, did, we did our musical episode, yeah. musicals episode. Yeah. But, uh, we'll have to get into the uh, the non singing variety as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Oh, there's one other guy. There was one other guy I've just popped into my head. I don't know why I just thought of him. Rod Gilbert is someone that I would recommend to anybody um, because he's just angry at everything. Yes. Um, and that's me. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> angry. Um, so yeah, that, yeah, I'm 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 all done now for, for comedians. So right. yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. As always, if you'd like to contact us, the email is the tagpodcast at gmail.com and the website is the uh, the tagpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, we would like to hear your uh, suggestions, comments, criticisms, or bribes. Bribes um, and, yeah, and, yeah. and poetry, you know. Nude photos. Some nude photos, definitely some nude photos. Mm-hmm. Preferably of us. Yeah. Um, the more the merrier. <laughs> Maybe some spicy fan art. Oh yeah, let's 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 get some fan fiction in the in the work, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it can be arranged. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, we will be back next week. We will indeed. Bye bye. Bye bye.